the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome. You are listening to Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston, New England's oldest African-American church. Hope and Faith Ministry features the inspirational sermons of my father, Dr. Wesley Roberts, senior pastor at People's Baptist Church. We're so glad you're here. Dr. Roberts has a powerful message of hope and love for your life and mine. Now enjoy this broadcast of Hope and Faith Ministry, brought to you from People's Baptist Church of Boston. And good morning to our guests and to our friends and family members who have also joined us. We are delighted that you have joined us for this worship service today. And I'll say a little bit about later about what it means to be together as a people of God in worship. The title of the message today is Eternal Security. Eternal Security. From the time of the early church, Christians have debated the possibility of a believer losing his or her salvation. Christians, particularly in the Wesleyan and Pentecostal traditions, have maintained that a person can be saved and then be lost if he or she lives a life of disobedience and dies without repenting. Contrary to the claims of these well-intentioned believers, Scripture is unambiguous in its teaching that every person who is genuinely saved is eternally saved. We are never in danger of losing the eternal life which God gives to us through Jesus Christ, our Lord. We have eternal security. Romans 8, 29 and 30, which was read for us by Reverend Vital Peer, is perhaps the clearest and most explicit presentation of eternal security in all of God's word. In these two verses, Paul reveals the unbroken pattern of God's sovereign redemption from his eternal foreknowledge or foreordination to its ultimate completion in glorification. Let me take you back to Romans 8.1 for just a moment. Paul says, so now, there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. This means that if we are believers in Christ, we do not have to fear the wrath of God. In examining ourselves, we see how many times we mess up and sin against God. Sometimes we begin to wonder if we were really saved. But the word of God assures us that there is no condemnation to those who believe in Christ Jesus as their Savior from sin. 
whatever anyone may claim, the fact is that God declares us to be his children against whom there is no condemnation. Because we are not under condemnation, Paul says in verse 17, now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share his sufferings in order that we may also share his glory. And in verse 28, Paul says, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called. And that word called we'll pick up later on. And are called according to his purpose for them. Then follows our text, which some have called the golden chain of salvation. Verses 29 and 30. Paul says, For God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son, so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. Let us look at this golden and unbroken chain of salvation. There are three things we can say about it. One, it originates in eternity. Salvation originates in eternity in the mind and in the plan of Almighty God that God determines those who will belong to his family from all eternity is clear from Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 4, where Paul says, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. God's choice of those who will be members of his family, his church, his elect race of people, begins in eternity and continues unbroken until we see Christ face to face in glory. Unlike us fickle mortals, God never begins something which he fails to complete. This is why Paul could say in Philippians, he who has begun a good work in you will bring it to completion in Jesus Christ. See, what... God determines about you and me in eternity will be fulfilled perfectly in time. The first two links in the chain of salvation are God's foreknowledge and his choice, which the NIV and the King James Version calls predestination. Paul says, For God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son. Our redemption, says Paul, begins with God's foreknowledge, God knowing us before the foundation of the world. A lot of people, mainly from the holiness tradition, interpret God's knowledge of us to mean that God from eternity knew who would accept Christ, who would open the door of their hearts to admit Christ. 
Therefore, on the basis of our foreseen faith, God chose us to be saved. Now, those who hold this view need to answer this unanswerable question. If God based his salvation on his advanced knowledge of who would believe, where did our saving faith come from? It could not come from our own fallen nature because the sinful person is at enmity with God. There is absolutely nothing in man's sinful nature to prompt him to trust in God against whom he is in rebellion. The unsaved person is blind and dead to the things of God. We have no source of saving faith within ourselves. Saving faith comes from God. So Ephesians chapter 2, 8 and 9 says, God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. See, God's foreknowledge means that before the foundation of the world, God determined that we would be here on this planet and that we would be the recipients of his grace in Jesus Christ. It baffles the mind and it bewilders me, but nevertheless it is a fact. Now the next link in the chain of salvation that begins in eternity is God's choice of us. Verse 29, for God knew his people in advance and he chose them to become like his son. Now many of us think that God's primary objective is our happiness, but the scriptures never say that. Now God is interested in our happiness, but that is not his primary concern. His primary concern is for our character that we be like Jesus Christ, loving, kind, gracious, gentle, helpful, compassionate, thinking of other people above ourselves. Now, much contemporary evangelism gives the impression that salvation is based on a person's decision to accept Christ. But we are not Christians because of what we decided about Christ but because of what God decided about us before the foundation of the world. We are able to choose him only because he had chosen us according to the kind intention of his will. Paul expressed this same truth in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 11. All things are done according to God's plan and decision. And God chose us to be his own people in union with Christ because of his own purpose based on what he had decided from the very beginning. The golden chain of salvation originates in eternity with God knowing us in advance and choosing us to become like his son, Jesus Christ. But secondly, it is displayed in time. So it begins in eternity, but it is displayed in time. You see, the chain of salvation now moves from eternity into time. 
in time we see another two links, calling and justification, which means being made right with God. Verse 30, And having chosen them, he called them to come to him, and having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. And the right standing there means justification. We are justified before him. So the first link in time is that God, through his word and spirit, issues a call for us to be saved from our bondage to sin. We may be far removed from God. We may have grown up in a non-Christian family, or we may be from a Christian home. It does not make any difference. God uses the circumstances of our life to create a spiritual need and draws us to his son, Jesus Christ. John 6, 6 65 says, Then Jesus said, You cannot come to me unless the Father makes you want to come. And the King James Version says, Unless the Father draws him. So what does this mean? Simply this. God, through his Spirit, opens our minds and creates a spiritual need or interest in our hearts. We think we are getting religious and start praying and going to church, but we are only responding to the drawing of the Spirit of God. We are not aware of this. We think it is our choice, but we are being drawn in ways we do not understand. Dr. Harry Ironside, a powerful preacher of the 19th century, which is quoted all the time by different um, authors, used to tell about a man who gave his testimony, telling how God had sought him and found him, how God loved him and called him and saved him and delivered him and cleansed him and healed him. A tremendous testimony of the power and grace of our God. After the meeting, one man came to him and took him him aside and said, you know, I appreciate all that you said about what God did for you, but you didn't mention anything about your part in it. Salvation is really part us and part God, and you should have mentioned something about your part. Oh, said the man, I apologize. I'm so sorry. I really should have mentioned that. You see, my part was running away from God. And God's part was running after me until he found me. Is The calling is God's work. It's not the work of powerful preaching. It is not the work of soul-stirring music. It is not any of the sales and marketing gimmicks we use that influences a sinner to accept Jesus Christ. It is God who calls. The honor is his, the power is his. To him alone goes all the credit. If any of you respond to Christ's offer of salvation under my preaching, it is because you heard the call of God through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. I am simply the human instrument in time that God chooses to use in issuing that call.
the call of the gospel. Therefore, it would be presumptuous of me to take any credit for a person being saved. It is God who calls us to accept his son and then gives us right standing in his sight, which is what the doctrine of justification is. You see, justification is the act by which God declares us not not only forgiven because of the work of Christ on the cross, but also righteous or having right standing with God. You see, God requires two things for our right standing before him. One, our sins must be punished. Two, our lives must be righteous. But we cannot bear our own punishment, and we cannot provide our own righteousness. Therefore, God, out of his immeasurable love for us, provided his own son to take our punishment and to give us his righteousness. Armed with this knowledge, you have a tremendous weapon against the devil when you know your punishment for sin has already been paid by Christ and your right standing before God has already been achieved in Jesus Christ. So when the devil lies to you about how God is going to condemn you for the things that you have done, you can tell him there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So the chain of salvation which begins in eternity with God's knowledge of us and his choice of us then moves into time where sinners are called and given right standing with God. And then thirdly, it reaches to everlasting glory. Verse 30, and having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. You see, glorification is what Paul was referring to in verse 19 when he says, the creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. That's to be revealed in their glory. It is the exciting day which the whole creation is anticipating when God is suddenly going to pull back the curtains on what he has been doing with the human race and especially with his children. Suddenly the children of God will stand out in glory. We will share the glory of our Redeemer Jesus Christ. We often think of heaven as the place where we are going to be reunited with our loved ones. We tell ourselves that we will see a spouse, a father, a mother, or a child again. But that's not the glory of heaven. The glory of heaven is to see Jesus, our Lord, to be like him and to be with him forever. Can you imagine what it will be like standing before Christ in the full consciousness of all that he has done for us? Can you imagine the joy of hearing his word of welcome? Can you imagine seeing him face to face when faith gives place to sight? Can you imagine seeing the saints of all ages falling prostrate at our Lord's feet, singing, crown him, crown him, Lord of all? 
Oh, we have a foretaste of that glory now. We don't have to wait until we get there to, to experience it. There's a certain foretaste of, of um, that heavenly glory when we assemble together as God's people, as his church. Surely we are still an imperfect body of God's children. When we are in church, our minds wander. The preacher is not always as clear or as eloquent as he or she ought to be. We sometimes sleep in church. But still, under the preaching of the word and in fellowship with other believers, we have a certain foretaste of the glory of heaven. That's why during COVID-19, many of God's children grieved when they could not be in church with brothers and sisters. They did not want to miss out on this foretaste of glory. We have now a little bit of an idea of what heaven must be like when we sing together, pray together, listen to the word of God read or preached together. Every Sunday we have a foretaste of glory divine. The golden chain of salvation cannot be broken. We have eternal security. God, who knew us from eternity, chose us to be like his son, Jesus Christ. Called us, gave us right standing with himself, and will share his glory with us. He did it all in our moments of failure. To live according to God's will, Satan says, What right do you have to think you are a child of God? What right do you have to think your sins are forgiven and you're on your way to heaven? Then you can point to the unbroken chain of salvation stretching from eternity to everlasting glory. Brothers and sisters, I know that my salvation is secure in Christ, and I hope you know it as well. I know that to become like my Savior Jesus Christ involves, may involve pain and toil, disappointment, bereavement, sorrow, sin, stumbling, falling, forgiveness, all of these things. But no matter what it takes, I know I'm going to share the glory of Christ Jesus, my Lord. Christians, no matter what trials and tribulations you are going through right now, don't let anything come between you and your God. Jesus Christ is the Son of God, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the Prince of peace, the Rock of ages, the Captain of our salvation, the Bishop and Guardian of our souls, and the author and finisher of our faith. He is the Lord God Almighty. His word is truth. His promises are real. His love is genuine. His grace is sufficient. His mercy is everlasting. He hears us when we pray. He sees us when we suffer. He inspires us when we are discouraged. He lifts us up whenever we fall. He alone is worthy. He alone is worthy to receive glory and honor. He alone is worthy to be worshipped and praised. He alone is worthy to be glorified in music and song, to be heaven's center of attraction, and to be worshipped throughout eternity. Oh, I want to see him. Look upon his face.
there to sing forever of his saving grace. On the streets of glory, let me lift my voice, cares all past, home at last, ever to rejoice. Amen. Thank you for joining us here at Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston. We pray that you have been touched and inspired by today's message. People's Baptist Church is a Christ-centered, caring church located at 134 Camden Street at the corner of Camden and Tremont Streets. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. You can reach us at 617-427-0424. Come visit us in person or on the web at www.pbcboston.org. And tune in every Saturday morning at 1030 for another inspiring message of hope and faith. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.